0: Where the blue
1: of the night meets the gold of the day,
0: someone waits for me. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye, and it looks like it's climbing clear up to the
2: sky.
0: Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling going my
3: way Well Jalo again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Bing Crosby Show from March sixteenth, nineteen fifty-three. Now this particular episode is kind of a bittersweet episode. I love the performances, I love that Dinah Shore is our is our guest tonight. But This is the first episode leading into a new direction for the Bing Crosby Show. Historically, he's brought us comedians and cowboy stars and uh, movie stars. Uh, He's brought us entertainers, just all sorts of wonderful folks that we could listen to and laugh and enjoy Bing and enjoy his songs as well. Well, from this point forward, 1953 is sort of the death of radio or at least the beginnings of the death of radio Uh, a lot of the old-time stars consider it to be the end of it Uh, Hans Conrad we had an interview with him and he said it was kind of over after 53 now we'll have some great shows going forward in radio for sure but nothing quite like the previous to 53 era Um, in that era radio was the thing and TV was the up-and-comer well TV is now the thing and radio is the has-been format I suppose you might say so from here on out there's no more Bob Hope appearances no more Judy Garland no more uh, Jimmy Stewart no more Jack Benny appearing on the Bing Crosby show those things would never happen again but instead what we get is being with Dinah Shore, being with Rosemary Clooney, being with his sons, being with a lot of musical guests. And um, the great entertainers, the movie stars, they're all heading off to television and other things. And there's just not the money in radio anymore to attract them over. There'll be one notable exception, I suppose, next year when we're presenting the shows Frank Sinatra stops by for a couple episodes which is fantastic now he's still a singer of course is his main thing but he is a huge huge entertainer um, I assume he did it for very little money not what he would normally get um, but so I'll we'll look forward to that but it's gonna be fun bringing you these episodes in that it even though the show changes format a little bit or at least format in the way In the type of guests they have. Uh, It still has humor thrown in. It still has him bantering with his guests, which is great. It's just his guests are more musically orientated. So for some, these are the very best episodes. And for some, these are the episodes they don't care about as much. just depends. But I have never brought them to you before. So from here on out, all the episodes will be new to all my previous listeners that have been listening to my podcast over the years. So I hope you're going to enjoy these great episodes of The Bing Crosby Show with all of his great musical guests over the next year. He has one more year left before he gets out of radio as well, at least for a while. So without further ado, let's enjoy Dinah Shore, Bing Crosby, followed by, of course, Gordon McRae, and on Gordon McRae's show, he's going to present Eileen, so I hope you're going to enjoy that as well. Just a musical night altogether. And from here on out, our 1953 shows will be musical shows from the Bing Crosby Show and, of course, The Railroad Hour with Gordon McCray Hope you continue to enjoy them and tune in every, what is this, Friday we present these? Yeah, every Friday. And we will see you next time.
1: When the blue of the night Meets the goal of the day. Someone
0: waits for
1: me.
4: This is Ken Carpenter. Welcome you to the Bing Crosby Show, brought to you by the General Electric Company, makers of famous, dependable kitchen and home laundry appliances produced and transcribed in Palm Springs, California, with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins with the mayors, and Bing's guests, Miss Dinah Shore and Joe Vanuti. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plaza Theater in Palm Springs, we bring you General Electric's ambassador to the South Mojave Desert, the Honorable Bing Crosby. Uh-huh. Thank you.
1: What do you mean, ambassador to the South, Mojave? I'm ambassador to the whole darn shooting man. Ken, really? I wish you hadn't mentioned it, though. My ambassadorship tonight. Oh, I why not? Well, I, I forgot to put on my top hat, my tails. Not even a Hamburg. Not... You're out of uniform for sure. By the way, where's your cane? It's in the back of my car. I'm using it for a clothes rack.
4: Kevin, you may be drummed out of the
1: diplomatic corps. I'm a cinch to have my spats ripped off publicly. Ken, I think i better open up things here with a song entitled Mr. Taptoe. This has a New Orleans beat, and Mr. Trotter, our technical advisor on the Deep South, has included some Cajun patois in the lyrics. John, let's have it.
2: Mr. Taptoe, Mr. Happy Tappy Toe, Mr. Taptoe.
1: down the street and got rhythm in your shoes, shuffling away the blues. Mr. Taptoe, you haven't any time to lose. Mr. Taptoe, who's the gal you're gonna
2: choose?
1: A new straw hat with a candy bar stripe, sharper than an old tin type. Mr. Taptoe, the melon on the vine is ripe. Mr. Taptoe, who you taking out tonight? Where did you get your fancy clothes? The pretty hand-painted tie. Cigars sticking out from under your chapeau. Who you gonna dance with tonight? Mr. Taptoe. Give the gal a break, she got a dress that's new. The is big enough for two. Mr. Taptoe to to dance alongside of you. Mr. Taptoe. Tell me what you gonna do. Whatever are you gonna do? Mr. Taptoe. Mr. Happy Tappy, Happy Tappy tappy, Go. Mr. Taptoe.
2: She want to go along with
1: you.
2: Miss Mr. Taptoe.
1: Where did you get your fancy clothes? The pretty hand-painted tie, cigars sticking out from under your chapeau. Who you gonna dance with tonight? Mr. Taptoe. Give a gal a break, she got a dress that's new. The (laughs) baby's big enough for two. (laughs) Mr. Taptoe to (laughs) dance alongside of you. (laughs) Mr. Taptoe. Tell me what you're gonna do. Whatever are you gonna do, Mr. Taptoe? Mr. Happy Tappy, Happy Tappy Toe, Mr. Taptoe, she want to go along
2: with you. Hey there, Mr. Tattoe,
1: she want to go along with you. Mr. Tattoe, she want to go along
2: with you. Mr. Tattoe, she want to go along with you.
4: Bing, did you know there's two of them? Two of them, That's two. of right,
1: it's all right, lad. Easy now, it'll probably take two of them to strap you into the jacket, too. No, two. no,
4: Bing, this happens to be one of my lucid moments. Huh? I mean, there's two great appliances in one glistening cabinet in the great 1953 General Electric Twin System refrigerator food freezer.
1: Oh, those, mm-hmm. that captivating couple you were referring to, huh? Up above decks, a genuine zero-degree food freezer. This zero-cold dilly surrounds up to 89, count them, 89 packages of frozen goodies and keeps them fresher than a floor walker's flower for up to a year. And cuddled charmingly downstairs is General Electric's huge, moist, cold, automatic defrost refrigerator. And these dandies are separate as night and day, to coin a phrase.
4: Yes, sir. Each appliance has its own door, its own insulation, its own refrigerating system.
1: Ah, amigos, the refrigerator section, too, holds bushels and bushels of fresh food, plus which it's decked out with such handy items as door shelves, sliding shelves, and butter conditioners.
4: Plus which... Madam Need, never, never defrost this refrigerator section. Defrosting's absolutely, completely automatic.
1: Ah, my friend, see this chili charmer, this 1953 General Electric Twin System refrigerator food freezer. At your GE dealer soon, huh? It costs you only about $5.46 a week after a small down payment. You know, folks, whenever we're on the road, and being here, we're more or less on the road now, we always try to dig up some local talent. I think we're very fortunate here in Palm Springs because we've discovered a girl who lives here and a girl who has a very charming voice and a delightful personality. Right now, I'd like to have you all give a great big hand to a Palm Springs resident, a young lady named Miss Dinah Shore. <laughs> wow. Eva?
2: Thank, you. Thank you.
5: Thank you very much, Mr. Cross. Now, don't
1: be nervous, Miss Shore. Just step right up here to the microphone.
5: Oh, well, I'm, I'm not nervous. I've been on the radio a few times, and I have my own television show for Chevrolet. Wow.
1: Yes. Yeah. But you are a Palm Springs girl, isn't that right?
5: Yes, I have a house down here.
1: Well, we always like to give local talent a break, you see. What are you going to sing for us, Miss Shaw?
5: Well, I have a new Victor record out on a tune called Salome and Her Seven Veils, and I'm going to do this tune with Mr. Trotter's orchestra. Television and
1: records, Yes. Huh? Well, our, ta- <laughs> our talent scout must have made a mistake. You're not an amateur then, Miss Shaw? No, you'll have to pay me. Okay. You're <laughs> a big opportunity,
5: Salome, like a chicken, ready for the pickin' swinging out and kicking with a seven day. Outlaws mixed with sheriffs, no one thinks of jail when they see Salome, Movin' kind of gentle, looking oriental, out to pay the rental with a seven day. Dancing like a demon she will wiggle across the floor Everybody's screaming More,
2: more, more Salome You're a wow More, more, more Salome Bring a watch more and
5: take a bow Weak men yell like Tarzan Strong men bite their nails When they see Salome Swing Scheherazade Harder than a toddy Pleasing everybody with a say Salome! Wow! She may cause a fire, fill your fire
2: pit.
5: when you see Salome strutting like a chicken, ready for the picking, swinging out and kicking with a say never
1: been outside of burlesque. Before. No, I guess
2: not.
1: <laughs> Quite a raucous little round delay there. You delivered that number straight from the hips. Now, if we can sort of settle down here, I'd like to make a fast switch to something more classical, something a little more refined, as we present our eminent composer and violinist, Mr. Joe Venuti. Is this the place? Ah, uh, this is the place, Joe. <laughs> now, which one of your many compositions are you going to play this evening? Tonight, I am going to play a very colorful canine cantata entitled Ode to a Wild Shepherd Dog. I? (laughs) I I may accompany you on the bones. Go ahead, Joe. Gotcha. Say, Ken, you must come over to my house tonight. I want you to see my new airliner.
4: Airliner? Mm-hmm. Oh, darn it, Bing. Bob Hope is right. You do have too much money.
1: Ken, dear boy. This is
4: a General Electric
1: Airliner range and mighty little dough for a push-button range. Oh, too.
4: the airliner range. Well, I should have known. Trust you to know a bargain.
1: Amigos, this General Electric Airliner has everything: cleanliness, speedy Calrod surface cooking units. One extra high-speed unit proved the fastest made. Well, lawsy me. How about Mm. push-button controls? Push-button controls, child. My GE has push-button controls that give me the exact heat for every cooking need.
4: Automatic oven timer? Of
1: course, automatic oven timer. Well,
4: how about a master oven?
1: A master oven? Why, lad, I have the most masterly of all master ovens in my General Electric Airliner. It cooks a meal for 18 people, or the biggest turkey I would care to buy.
4: Why would you want to cook a meal for a turkey?
1: (laughs) afraid of this. You must stay out of that hot sun. Rest in the shade of John Scott Trotter whilst I inform our listeners that this great speed-cooking General Electric Airliner range costs them only about $3.47 a week after a small down payment. And whilst I urge them passionately to visit their GE dealer for a demonstration tomorrow... Now, if Miss Dinah Shore, the Palm Springs girl that introduced here earlier, will step back to the microphone, we'll get along with some local color. Here I am. You know, Dinah, you being a local girl, I thought perhaps you'd like to know that this area here, Riverside County, and then down to the Mexican border and up the coast, Mm -hmm. was at one time the romantic center of the whole world, as far as songwriters are concerned.
5: Well, it's still pretty romantic around here, and I'm... Not talking about songs
1: Well, I wouldn't know I'm just down here Collecting rocks myself
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What I'm getting at, Donna Is that I was reading The Variety Musical Cavalcade uh-huh. You know, the musical Historical review Of all the songs Published in this country From 1620 All the way up through 1950
5: Oh, the Variety Music Cavalcade Really has all the dope On the songs
1: Very complete summary Anyway, I have with me here A map of this area and Oh, I'm yeah I will show you mm-hmm. That a few years back Our songwriters Considered this This little hunk of land Around here Is a very romantic country
5: are you inviting me to stroll down memory lane, sir?
1: Indeed, I am.
5: Shall we take lunch?
1: We'll, we'll pick up a tamale in Mexicali. <laughs>
5: oh, I can't wait that long. How about grabbing a lettuce and pimento at El Centro?
1: And anything you say. Take a gander at the map now with me, will hey, you? Hey,
5: Bing, what was the big romantic song about Riverside
1: County you were talking about? Oh, this is the one, Diana. John Scott Flair, uh, hmm? Mm-hmm. anything to you? Oh,
5: yes. Ramona. Sure. That's
1: it. Ramona. Ramona lived right over there at Riverside, Diane. That's
5: right. Riverside. I remember
1: now. Well, I always remember the rambling rose she wore in her hair.
5: Golly, were you around here then?
1: I'm quoting the lyric, dear girl.
5: Well, that takes care of Riverside. Hey, Bing. Looking at the map here, was there ever a song written about Hemet?
1: No, but there were a couple of good ones written about the Saboba Hot Springs near Hemet.
5: Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I sobbed over you at Saboba. Yes. Or should that be I sobbed over you Sobba. at Saboba. <laughs> hey, you know, Bingo, what? there's a honeymoon song about Lake Elsinore. What was that? I heard his first snore at Lake Elsinore <laughs> Like
1: I said, Dinah This used to be mighty romantic country But there was no smog in Southern California in those days But the air was thick with pollen Yes Dinah, let's head south on Highway Number 99 Along by the Salton Sea Do you remember the Salton Sea song? Don't seem to peg it Don't peg it, huh? Don't peg it Don't you remember I chased her up a pepper tree On the shores of Salton Sea?
5: <laughs> oh, that must have been a lively oh, one. Oh,
1: really jump. Dinah, let's amble on across the border where we find the sleepy little village of Mexicali.
5: Oh, I know that one. Mexicali Rose, sing it, Cross.
1: I was hoping you guessed it. I've been building up to that all evening. Mexicali Rose, stop crying. I'll come back to you some sunny day. Yeah. Tonight night you'll know that I'll be pining Every hour a year while I'm away Dry those big brown eyes and smile, dear. Banish all those tears and please don't sigh Kiss me once again And hold me Mexicali Rose Goodbye
5: He kissed her once again And held her And took it on the lamb.
1: Well, I'm a traveling salesman, Rose I got business in Tijuana
5: Hey, you know what The big tune is over there? No, what? Don't let the bars Get in your eyes Well,
1: they got <laughs> <laughs> They got a few of them there I guess anyhow, Diana We better not carry in Tijuana Lest you run off With a bullfighter or something
5: Hey, you know There's one good thing About going with a
1: bullfighter You sure get cheap meat Yes, I'm fresh Yes, and fresh Fresh,
5: too If he gets fresh It's all off
1: Well, to head north Up the coast from Tijuana Let's take a look here In Oceanside
5: Oh, there used to be A terrific song About Oceanside What was the name of it? I was nearly a bride
1: At Oceanside Oh, <laughs> That's the way it goes At seaside resorts Sometimes you snag them Sometimes you don't That's all
5: Hey Bing hmm. There's a town here Near Oceanside That I never heard of Called Escondido
1: Never heard of that? No Don't you remember The cute little song We shared a frito At Escondido?
5: <laughs> no but I bet It was a crunchy oh,
1: the... one Down here at Capistrano Here how about this You know that song.
5: Oh when the swallows Come back to Capistrano yes. what if you please oh, Mr. Trotter What? swallows Come back to Capistrano That's the day You promised to
1: Now, even though Riverside and Mexicali and Capistrano or all, all the other towns had their day Actually, the most romantic spot in this whole area was Catalina Island, hmm. Avalon Yeah? Avalon, and thanks to the songwriters, Avalon became the symbol of love throughout the world Golly, Dinah, I was around there in the old days
5: Easy now, Dad, the boys may be listening <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah, I
1: remember I used to hang around the dock there Dressed in an old yacht and cap, a t-shirt, dungarees, and sneakers Dana, would you like to hear the song I used to sing to all the girls when the steamer came in?
5: Guess I can stand it if they could.
1: There's a box of dates over there stuffed with aspirin. Aspirin? Aspirin, <laughs> you don't have one. I love some Apple, aspirin. <laughs> Avalon town. Think of an evening in June. Under a crystal like moon. Think of an old Spanish tune. You're in Avalon Town. Closing your eyes for a while Picture a tropical island Studded with flowers that smile You're in Avalon Town Romance lingers through every hour Romance beckons with all her power to you Think about old Captain Kidd Think of the chest that he hit. Dream that you've opened to live. You're in Avalon Town
5: Hey, Bing, that's a beauty. Well, you think the post could stand another Avalon tune?
1: It's a must, and an absolute must.
5: I'll sing it then. Ah. Uh... I found my love.
1: It appears that you'll we'll have to break this up for a minute because I see Mr. Carpenter elbowing in with a commercial. Will you stand by? All righty. You're sweet. Ken, I was airing out my taffeta bathing suit the other day and pinned to one of the sleeves I found a cryptic memo reading, Ask Ken Carpenter About the General Electric All-Electric Kitchen. Would it enlighten me? Well,
4: I'd be happy to, Bing. This is an eye-blinding beauty. It's a fabulous kitchen of tomorrow, and Madam Housewife can have it today. And have it? For only about $47.20 a month after a small down payment.
1: $47.20? Hmm. Well, what GE goodies does Madam get for her outlay of wampum? Oh, hmm?
4: Bing, she gets a refrigerator, a range, a dishwasher, a garbage disposal, storage cabinets, the works. And Madam, this kitchen can be yours as of the instant of down payment. And then you can take up to three long years to pay the balance. Incidentally, a specialist in kitchen planning will design your kitchen for top-notch efficiency, convenience, and beauty. The charge for this service? Nothing.
1: Very reasonable price, Indeed. I would think. Yes, and can I imagine if one were buying or building a chateau, a hacienda, a hut, a love nest, he would do well to deck it out with a General Electric all-electric kitchen. He
4: certainly would, Bing, especially since in most cases he could include the cost right in his long-term mortgage.
1: My friends, your GE dealer is holding a design for your own personal style General Electric all-electric kitchen. Confront the lad about it real soon, eh? Say, is Dinah still here? Right here, Bing. Dinah, and all the excitement here, you know what we did? What? We left out that song about San Pedro.
5: San Pedro? Yeah. What song is that?
1: Harbor Lights.
5: Was that song written about San Pedro well, Harbor?
1: It wasn't written about Point Magoo, I promise you.
5: <laughs> you swear?
1: I swear. Honor Bride, you want to do it? Sure. Let's I'd go. Love to. <laughs> saw the harbor lights They only told me we were parting The same old harbor lights That once brought you to me
5: I watched the harbor lights
2: How could I help it? Goodbye
5: to tender nights beside
2: the silvery sea.
1: I long to hold you near and to kiss you just once more. But you
5: were. And I was on the shore
2: Now I know lonely nights For all the while my heart is whispering Some other harbor lights Will steal your life
1: thanks to Diane and to Jill for guesting with us this evening. I hope to see you same time, same place next week when our guests are going to be Rosemary Clooney and Mr. Benuti. In closing, I'd like to remind you about General Electric dependability. You can't see it, but it's there in every single GE appliance you buy. You can put your confidence in General Electric. Good night and thanks very much.
4: show for General Electric was produced and transcribed in Palm Springs, California by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guests, Miss Rosemary Clooney and Joe Venuti.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, the railroad hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the lilting Victor Herbert operetta Eileen, starring Gordon McRae and his charming young guest, Lucille Norman. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight, another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads, the same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. Tonight, America's Railroads salute the Campfire Girls, an organization which for 43 years has worked to develop alert citizens and homemakers through a program which combines fun, friendship, and high ideals for girls between the ages of 7 and 18. Best wishes on your birthday tomorrow. Campfire Girls everywhere. And now, here is our star, Gordon MacRae.
7: Thank you, Marvin Miller. And the top of the evening to you, ladies and gentlemen. Lovely Lucille Norman will sing the title role of Eileen, and I'll be a Dublin daredevil named Barry O'Day. Any night along about moonrise, you can find me at the water's edge tricking the British with a bit of the smugglers arts. While ships may sail the
0: sea, one man of us is free. While Heron sends us a misty moon So why not take it as a gracious moon If France and Spain have something we can use It would be the gracious to reduce So free of tax or duty We fetch ashore our booty Then bring to the mist for the Moon Night that's black with rain and wind and wave, the thicker the better. For when the sun comes out again, there's none the wiser at all. On and brandy and stuff, and taters, devil a penny we have to pay. Come then, came in a all the bill, up and we'll drink a room.
2: Tlou
0: tlou, in a misty
7: moon. That's the way we got our victuals in the days of the great tribulation. Smuggle them ashore on Dublin Bay by the light of a misty moon. I know because I was one of the smugglers. The ringleader. Not a very respectable occupation, you say. Well, it is dangerous sometimes in Ireland to be too respectable. You might get yourself mistook for an Englishman.
2: No. Oh, right
7: now look at that and carriage galloping up Westmoreland. The crowd's giving him an angry time. Hmm. Probably some fancy English lord wished he'd stayed at home. Please,
8: let me through. I beg you, let my carriage pass through.
7: Why, it is a Colleen in that cart. A pretty one, too. Hi there, me buckles. Ah, yeah, it is Barry. Barry day. Is there no chivalry left in Ireland? She's an English woman. Well, pity her then. Faith, we can't all be lucky enough to be Irish. Come now, clear the path, boys, and let the lady's carriage go through. Eileen's your horse, ma'am. There's nothing to fear.
8: Sure, and it's that grateful I am to ye.
7: Sure, and what kind of talk is that for an Englishwoman to be speaking?
8: My name's Eileen. Does that sound like an English name?
7: Well, then what were they bothering you for? Ah, your horse must be English.
8: <laughs> I should say not. His name's O'Shaughnessy. I think it's the carriage that made the crowd angry. It belongs to Colonel Lester
7: why would you be mixed up with the likes of him?
8: I met him in London. My parents sent me to school there.
7: What folly. Oh, Shaughnessy, oh. And I think you'll be safe enough to travel on your way now, Miss Eileen.
8: Thank you so much. I can see from the way you handle horses, you're an excellent groom. Now, how can I repay you?
7: No charge. Nay, a small one, perhaps. A kiss in the cheek.
8: What? Do you fancy I'm in the habit of handing out kisses to grooms and lackeys?
7: And what if I did fancy such a fancy?
8: I beg you to let me continue on my way.
7: Well, am I stopping you? Get up, O'Shaughnessy! Oh, O'Shaughnessy! Oh, oh, there's nothing like the looks of a proud, angry woman. You think I'm a groom, do you? And I'd be perfectly willing to be a groom, Eileen, if you'd be the bride. Oh, I'm
0: in love, I'm in love the slip of a girl, and if I should be mad or sad, I don't know. For my heart is a fire and my head is a whirl, yet I'm suffering for her, so I'm glad that is so. For her hair is that black. And her eyes are that blue. She's the form of some proud little queen. Tis that neat While her cheeks are like roses new kissed by the dew. In the name of the darlings, I lean sure that. but my heart you have captured tis you that I love you I adore my soul with your charm is enraptured More
7: you are not going to let a blue-eyed and freckled nose the size of a button sway your devotion to the cause. Oh, no. Put her out of your mind, Barry, me boy.
8: Oh, Shaughnessy. Oh. May I inquire a question of you, Shaughnessy? <laughs> he may be only a groom, but you liked him, didn't you, Shaughnessy? So did I. He has a way with horses, tis true. And faith, I don't think horses are the only creatures he has a way with.
2: For
5: when love at last is waking, Like the dawn of a beautiful day,
2: With the crimson sunrise breaking, Swift away then not No longer
8: lonely But enthralled by
2: a rapture to be
8: Aline Mulvaney, letting yourself fall in love with a man when you don't even know his name.
7: Barry, Barry O'Day. What is it, Sean? The Redcoats. Colonel Lester is on his way here. He's sworn to take you, Barry, dead or alive. ho <laughs> me bucko. There's a mighty difference between the swearing and the doing. Out of the window and over the rooftops. Does he want to chase very well. We'll give him one. The love of Free Island. Open the door. Who is it? Don't light the lamp. It'd make a fine target here in this doorway. Very well. Ah, St. Patrick's, be praised. No light now. Please wait till the redcoats go by.
8: Your voice... It's so familiar.
7: Well, I'm a very familiar sort of a fellow. So the ladies tell me. Must you light that candle, lass?
8: <gasps> Tis you.
7: Why, Eileen. I,
8: oh, I was bitter mean to you in the high street this afternoon. Can you forgive me?
7: Why, if you pay me the price I ask for my services.
8: Hmm, when a man can kiss like that, why should he waste his time grooming horses?
7: <laughs> I'm not a groom. I'm Barry O'Day
8: the famous smuggler?
7: Tis one of me lesser talents.
8: Why, there's a price on your head.
7: Not nearly so high as the value I put on it myself.
8: But Colonel Lester's sworn to kill you.
7: Ah, Would that make you sad, Eileen?
8: It's only a sprinkling of ours I've known you bury your day, but would make me very sad indeed. Tell me
0: why is there a doubt within thy heart?
7: I'll go to the door.
8: He'll kill you.
7: He doesn't know me. Hide. But why? He'll search the house. The best hiding place is no hiding place at all. Come in, sir.
9: I thank you. My compliments, Miss Eileen.
8: Good evening, Colonel Lester.
9: We are searching for an escaped renegade called Barry O'Day. Oh? And what does he look like, sir? None of our people have ever seen him. But from descriptions, I should say he is about your build and about your height, and hair about my color, and my color eyes.
8: Uh, Colonel Lester, there has been no one here this night.
7: Then who might this gentleman be? Gentleman? Oh, I'm no gentleman. I'm the groom, and I've been with the family... Uh, how many years has it been, me lady? Is this true, Miss Eileen?
8: Yes.
9: For the sake of our friendship in London, Miss Eileen, I shall take you at your word.
7: Good night.
8: Good night, Colonel.
7: You're a brave one.
8: I lied to him.
7: I lied to a tyrant as truth in the Patriot's book. And whenever we tricked them, outwit or outnumber them, hamper them, hinder them, hasten them out of the Emerald Isle, every Irishman rejoices, Eileen, for it means the hour of victory is drawn nearer. Glad, triumphant hour, may the tyrants
0: fall now and forevermore be born. Gil-go-bras. So friends, proudly we stand undaunted still. Glad to fight for our land, true good or ill. Come the time is now at hand, gladly for our native we'll land, for the right will bravely fight against alien laws for freedoms for
6: a moment. We'll return with Act Two of Violin. You recognize that song? It's on top of Old Smoky, one of my favorite folk songs. And perhaps one of yours. It's a love song in a way. You remember this verse? She'll hug you and
0: kiss you. Tell you more lies than cross ties on a railroad or stars in the sky.
6: Well, there aren't as many cross ties on the railroads as there are stars in the sky, but there are an awful lot of them. More than a billion in the United States, in fact. And they're mighty important to the hundreds of members of the American Railway Engineering Association who are getting together in Chicago tonight for their annual meeting this week. These men are concerned with the problems of building, maintaining, and improving railroad tracks and structures. In carrying on this research, the 225,000 miles of railroad in this country is their proving ground, the world's largest. And better, more efficient railroad service for all of us is their goal. Take cross ties, for example. About 30 million of them have to be removed every year and replaced with new ones. And it costs about $5 to replace each tie. Anything, therefore, that can be done to lengthen the life of a tie represents a considerable saving in money. And thanks largely to the research activities of the American Railway Engineering Association, improvements in the treatment and handling of cross ties have been so great in the past 50 years as to multiply the average life of a tie about three times. Now, that's just one of an endless series of results achieved through the constant research carried on by the railroads, the kind of research that continues to make the American railroads the most efficient and economical and safest transportation system in the world. is Act Two of the Lawrence and Lee dramatization of Victor Herbert's Eileen, starring Gordon MacRae as Barry O'Day and Lucille Norman as Eileen.
0: Tis a great day tonight for the Irish For the cause we fought for and died And the time is soon to be when you'll see all Ireland free. Tis the land of our love and our pride We despise and Flaws we will fight, but as fast as they can make them for God are we can break them. Sure, the Irish have a great day tonight. Cheers.
7: near his hand. You should be wearing a grin on that Irish face. i good news is bad news, me buckle. I've got to leave Ireland. Leave Ireland? Ah, sure, you're not in your right mind, me boy. There's people in France, Sean, who can help us with the cause. And I've been appointed to make the journey. A blooming ambassador. Tell me, will we have to bow and salute to you, Mr. O'Day? Oh, never, never. Uh, it's that sad I'll be to leave the shores of Ireland. And, and Eileen you will be missing her too, no doubt. Tis it true. It's a thought-provoking thing, Sean, how a man's heart gets caught up with smiles and scenery and memory of a kiss or two, and you head over heels in love with a colleen and the country she comes from. Tis hard to say goodbye.
0: When far from the land that I'm proud to call my own, I repine to the heart. Of And I dream of the past And the happiness I've known While my soul seems to whisper
9: O'er and o'er
0: Tell me when shall Looking for.
7: It is a foolish thing I know, but I have got to see Eileen before I leave. Eileen.
8: Oh, Barry, dear Barry!
7: Eileen,
8: I'm that glad to see I e. am, but you should never have come.
7: I'm off for the continent, Eileen, and heaven knows when I'll see you again, Alana.
8: But Colonel Lester's suspicious. He's had guards posted watching the house ever since the night when the you. The night
9: were... when you posed as a groom. Wasn't that it, Barry O'Day? Colonel Lester, let me get a good look at you. Ah, so that's what a rebel looks like.
8: Pray, Colonel Lester, for the sake of our old friendship, you'll not take him.
9: You'll not take me alive at any rate. Put away your toys. As you can see, I have no weapons. A trick it is, then. A cowardly, Tory trick. You misjudge us, Mr. O'Day. You talk like a man with a price on his head.
7: There is. A
9: thousand pounds for Barry O'Day. Dead or alive. No longer. What? I'm taking my leave of this pestilent island, and Lord Cornwallis is taking my place. His first act as governor of Ireland is to grant full pardon to all persons connected with the Irish Rebellion. Oh, glory
8: be. Then they won't be after hunting you down anymore like a fox in the brush. Isn't it glorious, Barry, to be a free man?
7: Faith, I wouldn't know about that, Eileen.
8: Aren't you happy? You won't have to leave Ireland.
7: The head is me own again, it is true. And there's no price on it. But now... My sweet, I've lost an equally valuable piece of property.
8: My heart. What a foolish one you are now, Barry O'Day. You can have mine. So.
7: Here Norman, we'll be back just a moment. Meanwhile, our hearty thanks to Carlton Young, Dan O'Hurley, and our entire company. Eileen, with music by Victor Herbert and book and lyrics by Henry Blossom, was dramatized for the Railroad Hour by Lawrence and Lee. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this same time by the American Railroads.
6: Marvin, to most of us, the word railroad calls to mind freight and passenger trains highballing across the countryside. But equally important to a railroad is the track on which the trains run, the rail, the ties, the roadbed. For it would not be possible to handle the heavy traffic of today without the constant improvement that has been made in track. This work, which is carried on by such railroad organizations as the American Railway Engineering Association, is important to all of us, for it points the way towards still better railroad service
7: tomorrow. Thank you, Marvin. Now, folks, here again is our bright young guest, Lucille Norman.
5: A happy half hour,
8: wasn't
7: it, Gordon? Oh, some mighty pretty music, and Eileen, and Lucy. You were wonderful as always.
8: Well, thanks. What'll we be hearing on the show train next week, Gordon?
7: Well, I'll be trading in my Irish shillelagh for an Oriental lute. A lute? Mm Mm-hmm. We're doing a lovely story of the Far East called Lute Song, and Mimi Benzel will be with us to sing some music that sounds like this. If you need me, I
2: will be here.
8: I promise to be listening, Gordon. Good night.
7: Good night, Lucy. We'll see you soon. All aboard. Well, dear friends, it looks as though we're ready to pull out. And so until next Monday night and glute song, this is your friend Gordon McRae saying good night.
6: was presented by special arrangement with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae can soon be seen starring in the Technicolor production The Desert Song. A choir was under the direction of Norman Luboff and our music was prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Until next week, this is Marvin Miller saying good night for the American Railroads. Now stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC.
2: Oh.
9: Tonight the voice of Firestone features James Melton
2: on NBC.